Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. that worship was more than just music and a message. That sometimes it was competitive. That a sanctuary could transform into a gridiron and that a whole community would look forward to this moment all year. And what if I told you, in the blink of an eye, could all be gone. With his Super Bowl win in February of 2020, pastor and competitive preacher Jeff the Punk Riggs became the all-time winningest Super Bowl of preaching champion in Awaken history. Though what should have been a crowning moment and a great achievement would quickly give way to creeping doubt and imposter syndrome. Would he be able to do the one thing that had consistently eluded him throughout his career? Would he be able to repeat as champion on the grandest stage of them all? Do you think that you're cursed? Am I cursed? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, obviously, I've heard the talk. He can't repeat. He chokes when it matters. I was actually looking forward to this year because this was going to be the year that I proved it all wrong. Like... This this was supposed to be my year. I spent the entire offseason training, watching film, getting myself ready. I mean, I looked at this year and I did the math and I had a 141 and two-thirds chance of winning the whole thing. The numbers don't lie. And I, I'm so tired of reading on Twitter that my wins were a fluke that I'm nothing but a paper champion or the flavor of the week. I mean, I'm not usually one to let the critics get to me. It's just, you know, this was supposed to be my year. The field certainly seemed primed for a repeat season with two of Riggs' greatest opponents removing themselves from the board. In the weeks preceding the start of the season, Philip the Grinder Watkins announced his retirement seemingly in the prime of his career, shocking analysts across the league. Additionally, Riggs' oldest rival, Mike the Mouth Pumphrey, 
announced that he would be opting out of the season due to COVID concerns. This would ultimately prove to be a prescient move as COVID-19 would lead to this year's Super Bowl of Preaching being canceled for the first time ever, and the Punks' dreams of a repeat championship win along with it. This was supposed to be my year. My year. My year. My year. This is a guy who comes in during his first year in the league as a rookie and wins the whole thing. No one had ever done that before. To come right in and succeed at that level and do so against the guy who you sat and watched for years while waiting your turn patiently on the bench, that makes a serious statement. Riggs' oldest, well, longest, well, oldest and longest rival is his friend, mentor, and former teammate, Mike the Mouth Pumphrey. It was Pumphrey who was the punk's opponent that history-making first year. Yeah, I, I've known Riggs for a long time. It's no secret that I was instrumental in the decision to sign him to Awaken in the first place. But for as good of friends as we may be, we've been even better rivals. That first Super Bowl matchup, though, it, it didn't sit well with me. To mentor someone, to spend time investing in them, shaping and molding them and then for them to come out and beat you on one hand it, it does it kind of makes you proud but but on the other hand i mean i i took it personally riggs and pumphrey would go on to face each other in the next several super bowls but it would take three years for riggs to add a second win to his total as pumphrey would win the next two straight the next few years would introduce a new challenger, but again, Riggs would be unable to string together another win for another three years. Everyone could see that even as a rookie, this kid had talent, but there was just something there. I don't know, call it a curse, performance anxiety, call it being too much in your own head. I don't know, but it just seemed that he was more capable of coming after the champ than he was of keeping that top spot. I was looking forward to seeing if this year that would change, but now, now I guess we'll never know. But this season wouldn't only spell disappointment for a champion with a chip on his shoulder. COVID-related safety measures and distancing protocols would also make this a difficult season for fans who had grown accustomed to gathering every week to celebrate the game. The weekly experience would move from crowded arenas and jumbotrons to laptop screens and televisions. But could the league survive without these weekly gatherings? At first, I was uh, really disappointed. Uh, you know, gathering together with other fans is something I really look forward to every week. The sense of community that forms when you get a bunch of people in the same room that share your passion and your excitement, there's nothing like it. I thought, there's no way. It's just not the same. And it really isn't the same, but you know what? It's also still really amazing. Not being able to get together with other fans every week helped me realize that it's only a part of what it means to be a fan. Being a fan isn't just sitting and watching a product for a few hours once a week. It's about how you're representing your team day in and day out, 24 seven. It's about so much more than just that Sunday experience. And once that was taken away, I was able to see that more clearly. And the cool thing is, 
Even when I'm watching from home, I know I'm still connected to this larger community of people who are doing the same thing all across my city. And that's really cool. While the fans seem to have been able to adapt to this new and unexpected experience, what about those connected to the game? How would they fare? I mean, to be honest, I've taken it kind of hard. Being the referee for the Super Bowl of preaching is my only gig. I don't have a side hustle or anything. So when you work one day a year and then that gets canceled, your entire annual income is just gone like that. It's rough. Hell, doing this interview was the only reason I could still get away with wearing this uniform. Others have not taken it quite as hard. I've had the pleasure of being the technical producer for the Super Bowl of Preaching every single year since it started. Do you have any idea how much work goes in behind the scenes for these things? The phrase submissions, the commercials, the graphics updating in real time. It's enough to drive anyone prematurely gray. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm looking forward to the next year as much as anyone else. But I'm not exactly shedding a tear for this year either, if you know what I'm saying. Still others had to find ways of adapting to still be able to fill their roles, even in spite of the new complications. So during the pandemic, a lot of people had the option of working remotely from home, but cheerleading isn't something that really lends itself to teleworking, you know? So I had to figure out ways to still do what I do. As a cheerleader, ultimately I'm an encourager, a motivator. So yeah, now I just need to find different ways of doing those things. So maybe instead of a cheer routine, it's a check-in text or a FaceTime call instead of a group dance number. You got to do what you got to do. You know, if you have a calling, you have to choose. Are you going to abandon it when you run into an obstacle or are you going to get creative with how you pursue it? While the unconventional season was initially met with concern, fans would eventually come to appreciate the disruption and the way it allowed them to refocus on the things that really matter. But would the same be said for an uncertain champion on the road to redemption? Would he also be able to make the most of an unexpected situation? There are a lot of athletes in this league with great raw talent. But being one of the greats is more than just talent. It's about character and consistency and the ability to show up when the chips are down. The ability to do that when it counts is what puts you a tier above the rest of this league. It's easy to ride the wave when everything is going your way. It's a lot harder, though, to pick yourself up after getting knocked down time after time after time. When everything is going good, when you're winning games, when you've got the endorsements and the sponsorships just flying at you left and right, when you sign the huge contract, that's when the game's easy. But when the fireworks and the fanfare die down, that's when you really have the chance to show what you're made of. It's truly in the absence of applause where you see the true measure of someone, where they truly define themselves and even more so their legacy. So what would you say you are learning from all of this? Yeah, um, I think what I'm learning or at least what I'm trying to learn is the value of embracing weakness. 
Um, it's no secret that this year has been really hard. It hasn't been at all what I was expecting this year to look like, right? Like I was supposed to have this all-star MVP worthy season where things finally fell in line, where all the things I keep telling myself are going to happen one day would finally happen. It was supposed to be full stadiums, cheering fans, and finally a back-to-back -back championship win, not virtual tailgates and a canceled Super Bowl. But the, the thing is, I feel like I'm not the only one, right? I feel like a lot of people are having a really hard year. People are feeling frustrated, disappointed, isolated. And this idea of embracing weakness is that we don't have to white knuckle it through to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and tough it out, right? we can recognize where we are struggling, embrace the fact that we're all humans with limitations, and allow trusted people into your life to face things together. No one, even athletes of the highest caliber like myself, needs to be Superman all the time. We need people around us to shoulder each other's burdens and celebrate each other's wins. It's like, so... I, I'm a person of faith, right? And there's this passage in the book of Romans that says that we are all parts of one body and that we all belong to each other. And in that same passage, we are called to care for one another and to celebrate with those who are celebrating and to cry with those who are grieving. This thing we're doing is a team sport and you have to be able to rely on your teammates to pick you up when you fall short. Otherwise... <laughs> what are we even doing? So what would you say to someone who's struggling right now? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that you're not alone. That you are loved and you are accepted. That it's okay that you're struggling and you don't have to do it on your own. We were created for community with one another. And with each other's help... And by the grace of God, we will get through this difficult season together. This year, many of the things that fans and competitors alike had come to take for granted would be taken away. And yet, from the apparent loss would grow the seeds of something new. A canceled Super Bowl would allow an insecure defending champion to embrace his own weakness and find strength in community with others. The inability to gather together in person would give fans a whole new perspective on what it means to live out their passion outside of the confines of a couple-hour event once a week. And so, in the end, a season that subverted all expectations would still come to be remembered as a huge success.